should I say should I say where I, should I say this is in your head or what? Oh, Hell, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's a good what's, what's a good title for a spooky show? Without your head. Without your head. All right. Without your head. There All right. Yeah. All right. Give me the countdown. Bonfires burning bright. Bumpy faces in the night. I remember Halloween. Dead cats hanging from poles. Little dead around in droves. I remember Halloween. Rounded vertigo, with skeleton life is known. I remember Halloween this day, anything goes. Burning bodies hanging from poles. I remember Halloween your head we're joined by diamond dallas page ddp welcome to the show what's up man how's it going ah, man, i've never had a bad day in my life <laughs> 24 ones but no bad ones bro <laughs> well hopefully uh you have less sore ones now since uh since you're in the movies instead of uh in the ring no, don't don't uh don't kid yourself man some of those uh you know like that movie i, I did driftwood uh I, i'm in, in cowboy boots you know, on uneven ground, still taking a couple of bumps uh, onto the ground, and it—it it, 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 that's you know any kind of uh, physical activity when you're doing it over and over and over and over again, I'll still wear you out. But yeah. uh, you, know, you know, that's why I'm constantly doing my workout, my YRG workout, because without that, there's no way my body could do the things that it still does at 50 years old. You think uh, you know your time in the ring has helped you do like some stunts in the movies? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that reality factor of uh, not having to beat someone literally, you know, to a pulp and being believable. You know, what's so different about wrestling, you know, that it's much harder than uh, acting in any kind of a movie is Mm -hmm. that it's live. You don't get to go, cut, let's do it again. (laughs) Um, If you screw up, you better keep going. You know, um, you may get the chance of you effed up. You effed up. You effed up, but, uh, you know, or boring. <laughs> the rest of the fans are brutal, you know, when it comes to, you know, how they feel. But when they dig you, they're not afraid to, you know, to show that either. And I, and I was fortunate enough to go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And, uh, you know, before we walk out there, 
you know, in front of 20,000 people. I know that they know, and they know that I know, and, and I know that they know that I know that me and my partner both know we're going to win before we ever walk out there. So how do you make them care? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the secret. In movies, you need to put on a good performance, and it's, it's your talent and your work ethic. Your, you know, your, um, your uh, I guess it's your uh, resilience to you know, continue to fight forward, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in wrestling uh, when, when everyone says you can't do it, or same thing in acting. You know, both, both are very similar in that respect. But uh, as far as the uh, you know, the uh, wrestling part, it, it's it's made me as far as I think my stuff was very believable, <laughs> and I got over at a time when you know most people are, are you know retiring. If you really look at it, my career started in wrestling at 35 and a half. I, I made it to the show, and everyone said I would never get there. And then I got told my rotator cuff at 36, and they fired me. And I came back at 37. And so really technically, that's when I really started to really wrestle at 37 years old. And to me, the greatest wrestler on the planet, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I, and I say he's the best because in his short period, his 8- to 10-year run, I don't think anybody drew more money. Mm-hmm. Or had more of an impact on a culture. I mean, Steve Austin made it cool for guys who were white to shave their head. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a major impact player. He retired at 37. I just started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a very, uh, it, it, you had to get believable in a, in a fast way. You had to have a tremendous work ethic. Now, it, it definitely transcends over into the believability factor. Like, uh, when I think of scenes like I did in that movie Driftwood where, uh, uh, a kid who's played by, uh, one of these, uh, Ullman, you know, he has a line in there where he says, uh, uh, what, too big a word for you? And everybody in the theater just goes, whoa, ho, ho, ho. And I don't even sell it until I get that little smirk. And you know that that little smirk, that's the little details you learn in wrestling, too. Right. You know, you know, and it's just like, Oh, and I said, no, that happens all the time. Because <laughs> we often know when I go to hit him, I never touch him, but I, but it looks like I killed him. Right. And that's a straight-on shot. That's not behind my back, which today they've got to do that to a lot of guys. <laughs> they've got to shoot the behind the back. He's going to punch, get from behind him. <laughs> you know, because you know, a, lot of, you know, a lot of guys don't know how to punch anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, oh, yeah. Uh, let everybody know the movie's uh, Driftwood, and you play uh, Captain Kennedy. You want to give everybody just like a quick summary of what the movie's about? Say, uh, Tim Sullivan summarizes up as like a uh, a thrill, a teen thriller um, type of. Um, if, if anyone who's old enough to know what Cool Hand Luke was, uh, <laughs> Paul Newman, uh, and putting in a teenage uh, sort of uh, you know area would. Kids are sent to a camp or a prison, so to speak, but sent to a, you know one of those boot camps for attitude adjustments. And this is what happens for parents who don't have the time to really raise their children because if they did, they wouldn't be sending them off for someone else to deal with their problems. But these are parents who are caught up in the belief that maybe this will help them. So they pay their 30, 40, 60 grand to send their kid to an attitude adjustment camp. And, uh, this is not a place you want to be sending your kid. 
especially not driftwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the reality world, I've written four stories in the last five years where kids died in these places. Mm-hmm. And that's also what happened in driftwood. And there's the, the goats, because I think that's the natural pillar part in there. You know, um, they die in the ghost. And I honestly believe that, uh, you know, where there's a lot of energy, energy but I think we're all just energy. You know, that energy, that negative energy is consistently there, it will stay there. <laughs> you know, if it's positive, positively positive, negative, negative. Mm-hmm. This, this story is a, uh, is a, it's sort of a drama, you know, and a, a drama in uh, the sense that brutality uh, is really more psychological than physical. Uh, how did the Fangoria Monster Monday uh, screen go this week? Um, everybody, you know, I, it was really interesting because I thought the book challenged to the crowd. You know, that's a small piece they had. There maybe a hundred people in there, maybe. Um, and it was pretty much full. And both crowds seemed to really enjoy it. The second crowd actually was, you know, maybe the better fan that came to a later show, but they really... You know, they laughed in places, even though that, you know, when everybody laughed, but they laughed louder. Right. <laughs> they had this little subtlety, you know, and little, little movements where you're like, oh, you know, something's going to happen here. You know, and uh, uh, it, it's not a comedy, but, you know, in any way, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you got to laugh a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, did they approach you about playing Captain Kennedy, or was it uh, something you had to audition for? Actually, um, Barry Levine is one of the producers, and he actually, my manager, is one of my closest friends. He, when I went out to Hollywood, nobody believed in a 46-and-a-half-year-old actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like nobody believed in a 35- or 37-year-old wrestler. Right. Uh, but Barry did because... He saw me work my ass for two and a half years going to Howard Fine's acting studio. He came and watched me put up pieces of work. Um, and uh, he came to a couple of uh, um, showcases. You get some actors together and you put a showcase together, like six, seven different scenes. And so people can come out and see your work. And uh, he came out, and Rob Zombie came too. Came out and saw me uh, do this one uh, thing I was doing. And uh, they realized you know, all the hard work, he's not just a character, he's a, you know, he's an actor. Mm-hmm. And Barry was telling Tim Sullivan about me, he never watched wrestling a day in his life, but I'm going to say he's a good thing, <laughs> because uh, he uh, he didn't know who I was, so he couldn't predetermine who I was. Right. Just so you got to roll off your ability, not, not off your name. Well, yeah, he literally met me as a favor to Barry, mm-hmm. and he was considering giving me the Norris role, which is played by David Eisenberg, which would have been played totally different if it was me. And after a screening at Barry's house of 2001 Maniacs, we started to talk, and we had a lot in common, both being Jersey boys, and he really got off on my positive energy. Um, I gave him my book, Positively Page, he gave up, he really got up on my uh, 
by YRG, you know, for regular guys, that, that whole attitude that anything's possible, how you can adapt to any situation, how uh, it's a uh, physical yet mental workout. And he took my book and, um, and he read it over the weekend flying in New Jersey and literally uh, called Barry up and talked to him and said, uh, do I really not have to have a name to play the captain? Because um, um, Michael Richardson, who runs Dark Horse, wanted mm-hmm. Ron Perlman for the position. But wow. Ken had just seen Ron in something like that. And, you know, it's like Ron would be like a no-brainer to stick in that position. And he wanted to do something different. And after meeting me, he wanted to put me in that spot. He called me up and he said, uh, you know, um, I don't think you're going to be right for, uh, for Norris. I was like, damn. You know, I want you to play the captain. I was like, seriously? Oh. At that time, there was only 30 pages written. Mm-hmm. That one opening scene, that was the only thing. That was, you know, it went a little, little bit past that. That opening scene was all I read, but I knew that a big part was that big. And the opening is going to have a lot of dialogue. <laughs> and I said that to him. I said, Tim, that's a lot of dialogue, bro. I said, oh, I know. He goes, you can do it. I said, you think so? He goes, I'm sure of it. I read your book. He goes, I believe you can do anything. I said, that's all I need to know. And, and when, he, when he came back, Barry was like, Okay, and he made he he made a promise to him. Michael Richardson was like, no, and I'd already done Splinter, uh-huh. uh, you know, the movie for uh, the Dark Horse movie uh, for uh, Michael Olmos. It was a small role, and it was just a you know different version of me, you know, Dallas Page, which which everybody is, you know, uh, every character I play, uh, right. you know, in different light. But this was too close to me. It was me about the top, <laughs> and. Uh, it didn't show any of my real acting ability, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it that. The one part that actually did, that did showcase, that scene didn't make it because they shot it wrong, and, and the whole thing out with the, the, you know, the, uh, what do they call the dailies, which I happen to have, uh, and me and Tom Sizemore together, which is some classic, classic <laughs> shit. Really, really. You get a reality show right there. I know. <laughs> I'm with them for three and Two weeks, he is a reality show. You <laughs> don't need to put anything on. He's a wild son of a bitch. I like him, but the first question he asked me after I did that scene with him, he said, you're, you're a good actor. He's really good. And then he goes, so you like hookers? <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. yeah, so, I was like, wow, man. You know, and then he went into this whole hooker ordeal. <laughs> You know, it was like too much for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> what was your answer to that? Uh, yeah, well, the cell. <laughs> he said, his name, cell. I said, screamers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but I, I normally don't go that route. You know, <laughs> not that I haven't. <laughs> but it's not, it's, not, it's, not my, it's not my choice of, uh, of line. Right. <laughs> Uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, there's an article about the movie in the new Fangoria issue, number 259. And uh, for any information about DDP and, uh, and your book you've been talking about, Yoga for Regular Guys, you visit DiamondDallasPage.com. I saw um, Tim Sullivan mentioned um, that Yoga for Regular Guys uh, helped him get back into shape. Well, he's on his way. He actually was looking really, really good. And then he, uh, 
you know, had that scene, which I'm sure you all heard about, where, you know, he, he lived his own, you know, driftwood at a nightclub, and uh, it was it was brutal, and it hurt him, you know, physically. And uh, so that, that took him back a couple of months, and now he's just getting back to where he's feeling good, you know, good physically. And they started Wired G back about two weeks ago. And, you know, I, 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 Wired G, just to give a little... Now, people understand what that is. I don't call it yoga because I figure the quickest way to get regular guys who try any kind of yoga is a change of name. Mm. You know, second of all, it's not just yoga. It's yoga meets old school calisthenics like push-ups, squats, crunches. I mean, it's slow burn movement uh, that also drives your heart rate up, and it's mixed with isometrics and isokinetic movement, which means you engage your muscles as you move them. And I did like so much radio today. And, you know, different interviews for the internet and video and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I've been going all day. But when I show people my heart rate is sitting still where I'm like 85 or 90 or 100, and I just stand still and squeeze my legs together and my glutes and engage my muscles and raise my arms up and down three times and my heart rate's at 130 beats a minute, Mm -hmm. they're like going, how's that possible? (laughs) Because <laughs> what I'm showing you, I'm doing. You know, and long story short is, is that that workout, that focus, because YRG is not just like a workout for, you know, people who you know, do cardio and stuff. You know, like a stupid treadmill or stairmaster. Only getting some kind of cardiovascular workout with YRG, you get that same cardiovascular workout, except you increase your flexibility, your stability, your creativity, because you got to focus on your fall, and most importantly, your longevity. But it helps you focus and. And the scenes for Driftwood, if I was not a guru of YRG and didn't do things the way I do them, there was, we shot that film in 15 days. I shot my part in 11. And there are, in that movie, there, there's another, I don't know, 15, 12 to 13 more minutes of scenes that I'm in that all required a shitload of dialogue. And they, they had to be cut out because it was becoming the captain's movie. Right. And it wasn't about the captain. It was about David, the 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And um, Kim did it, and uh, Bud Smith the, uh, and his son, um, they did an incredible job editing that. And uh, this one is just a piece of work. I, 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 I encourage everyone to, to see for many reasons. Um, that had nothing to do with Diamond Dallas Page. Um, but what has to do with Diamond Dallas Page, please go see it and, or, you know, buy the copy of it when it comes out, whether, whether it's, because uh, I know it'll go do some kind of screening at some point at, uh, I don't know if it'll get theatrical, even though it plays really well in front of people. I don't know if we'll get a theatrical release or not, but it'll go to something like HBO or I love that, you know, mm-hmm. or Showtime or something, and then find its way to a big DVD release or vice versa. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, I, I encourage anyone to look at that and critique me in the way they want. <laughs> uh, so let everybody know you're also in uh, Tim Sullivan's other, another Tim Sullivan movie, uh, Snoop Dogg's Foot of Horror, which was, uh, I believe that was a bonus film on uh, Eight Films to Die For. Oh, yeah, Hoods of Horror you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hoods of yeah. Horror. Um, I actually was waiting to film Driftwood, mm-hmm. and they uh, they needed somebody to play a bodyguard because Credenz, who was one of those financiers and really he's spiking in the NFL for the Broncos. Uh, he didn't really want to do the part. Um, and 
and said, I got a guy for you. <laughs> Down to stage, and I went over and met John McHugh. And Q and I, he does YRG with me all the time. And uh, he came over, I mean, I came over to meet him, and uh, he said, okay, let me introduce you to the director. I introduced you to the director. She loved me. I had the part. And that is another, you know, it's a fun part for me, but it's uh, it's about maybe a little bit bigger than the Billy Ray Snapper part, mm-hmm. but it's got some substance to it in places that, uh, you know, um, that uh, yeah, I like to watch again. <laughs> yeah. There's got a lot of good people in the cast. Oh, tremendous. And uh, it's a fun film. Let's say you brought up uh, Billy Ray Snapper. I was just wondering if you think we'll ever see uh, Billy Ray and uh, Rondo in a movie again? Well, I'm really hoping... And Rob, it's funny you said, Rob just emailed me today. I, I, I hadn't I got, I emailed him or talked in like three months. And that's unusual because we normally talk every couple of months. And um, we're not best friends, but we're good friends. And I, and I, I really uh, I, I value his friendship and uh, whatever time he can ever you know, make because he's, he's even busier than I am. <laughs> and uh, um, he's been smothered lately. But I really hope that someday... And I, I, I've got to believe it's going to happen because I've already seen it in my head. And Devil's Rejects is way too successful after the fact. Right. Being the landscape so dropped the fucking ball. Uh, we're doing this with internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They so dropped the fucking ball. You know, by by this isn't a cult. Isn't that really not a uh, cult classic? This is a movie classic. Well, I'm going to get every grain. They put out a, a product that the people who love Devil Reading Index, mm-hmm. they've seen it you know, 150 times. Oh, yeah, they're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so passionate about it. And, if, you know, Rob Zombie, who writes some of the craziest, most disturbing stuff in his dialogue, is just, like, incredible. <laughs> He's one of those normal guys I know. And you want to know how many really bonded? Because we had made, you know, we met each other in a rat wrestling event, and you know, I met him again buying a Christmas tree. Of course, I remember you. We started talking, we exchanged numbers, and we kept planning to get together for dinner, but we never did. And I guess he probably thought, well, what do I really have in common with this guy, you know? And then we got off on talking. I'll never forget the day. And we got off on talking about manifestation. Now, not so much the word manifestation or quantum physics, but the, but the idea of that. If anyone doesn't know what that means, it means that you create your own reality. You create your own destiny. Something I, 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 I believe in 2,000%. Uh, Rob was talking about, he was, gosh, don't worry if you want, but people don't get that. Like, here's a guy who had the music that, when he first came out, every record company said, that's not music. Right. <laughs> you know, but to him it was. Right. He had a vision, and he manifested that vision into becoming his own entity through White Zombie into Rob Zombie, and then putting his music in all the movies and, and shit. You know, I mean, then all of a sudden he became iconic, and then for him to come out, you look at him, you know, talk about can't do something that, I mean, The House of a Thousand Corpses sat on the shelf for three years. It was canned, it was done. Mm-hmm. And finally, to Lionsgate, to release it, I think it did like thirteen million dollars in the box for five hundred fifty, and then uh, did like thirty-two million in DVD sales or something like that. Right. And I, I think we did like seventeen or eighteen million dollars. We're like, no. I mean, if you went to Devil's Rejects, if you went to the newspaper like Monday after we opened, 
and you can see all you go to that section of all the movies. Mm-hmm. They got one ad there for Dolls Rejects. Bill Mosley and I were talking about who I think unbelievable. And oh yeah, he was really he was really really good at helping down the corpses. But in Devil's Rejects, he became like lovable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Okay, how is, he's a teenage rapist killing murderers things here in like him. Now that's that's only and, and of course Sid Haig too, you know. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and when you talk about, you know, his wife, Sherry, I mean, she is she is literally the antithesis of the character she's talking about. <laughs> Just until you see her she's really sweet. Right. And that's how Sherry be, Hey you all right, can you do anything for you? I mean she's one of the nicest women. I've ever met. But they're a phenomenal couple. They're a phenomenal couple. And, uh, you know, I just thought, uh, and, I, and I ain't blowing anybody. I'm just telling the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because Rob, you know, how I, got, how I got that part was Rob and I got to, after we realized how much we had in common of, of you know, creating our own destiny, you know, we went out to dinner, and he was asking me, he was coming up on his uh, 40th birthday, and he goes, how do you look? Like you look at 40 years old. I said, Well, I do yoga. And he started laughing. You do yoga? I said, Yeah, dude. I, I called I call it YRG. This is YRG stands for the yoga for regular guys. He started laughing. So, you know, I said, Dude, I work out every day. I said, You live a mile from me. I said, There ain't nothing for me to hop my car come down. I'm training for, you know, buddy rate, nothing. I'm not in training, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We did that for a couple of months. And he worked himself up because if I told you, it's yoga meets old school calisthenics. We do these push-ups. We go down for three seconds. You hold for three seconds. And you come out to three, two, one. Then you build the five seconds over a period of time. Then you build the ten seconds. I'll tell you what, man. He warrior. All that stuff. He was the kind of guy who never said quit. You know, I mean, he just keeps on going. And, uh, and one day he just said to me, he said, uh, and as long as you know what your part was, that was rejects. I said, really? I said, yeah, I said, I don't know if I, you know, actors are really weird about that stuff. I don't want to, you know, call your age. I said, Bob, you just do whatever you want to do. I said, there's not one person in this town that's been willing to give me an opportunity. I said, that you, you know, will give me an opportunity? I said, thank you so much. And so we do that first eight scene in Sweden. William Forsythe, who I'm a huge mark for and friend, but I'm such a mark for his work. And me and Dave, we did that scene at the uh, at the uh, uh, at the, the trailer. You know, the trailer. Right. And it was really great because Rob had rewritten that scene twice. And what Bill did was take two of Rob's scenes and put them together, which was great for me because my scenes got way bigger. You know. <laughs> You know, Bill had that conflict, fuck you, no, fuck you. I mean, that should be more. Now, long story short, is that, um, is that uh, you know, after the day of shooting was over, I just walked up to Rob and I just say, man, thank you so much. And he's like, thank me, fuck you. It was nice. <laughs> you made me look like a genius. <laughs> I said, well, you are a genius. <laughs> We had Sid Haig on here, and he said basically the same thing about uh, Sherry Moon. Oh, she was completely yeah. opposite of uh... the antithesis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I have a couple questions here from the fans. Uh, ask you real quick here. Um, 
Uh, Duckman wants to know if uh, you've gotten positive support in your lawsuit against rapper Jay-Z. I have uh, an unbelievable amount of people I would stand up there for sending me, you know, emails, you know, to my site or putting up posts on. Because I, I have a MySpace, but I don't have a MySpace on the Dallas page. I have a MySpace slash YRGWorkout.com. And uh, I was just thinking, why are, is it MySpace.com slash YRGWorkout? Because uh, I want all sorts of people to see what that's about. But, um, you know, uh, anybody who you know, wants to go into anything, what they talk about trip weeks, and a lot of people are feeling, you know, uh, you know uh, sort of feedback or whatever. Um, I've had a lot of positive feedback on the JV thing. I just got interviewed, and I guarantee you this goes all over the web, and I don't know if my lawyer's going to be too happy about <laughs> it. But I just did an interview with, um, I'll tell you what it is. And, uh, I don't know how long it'll take us, but I mean, I talked with these guys for two hours. I really like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called Street Knowledge Hip Hop TV Show. All right. What's the internet show, you know? And the guys were both big fans, all, all five of them there. But they also, you know, say he's a man in hip hop. He is, he's the, you know, he's the president. So they wanted to know what my thoughts were on all this and why I sued them and everything. And I was very straightforward. And, uh, you know, you can find that, I'm sure, because it was, because they videoed the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I just, as I was going through, I was going, well, this will be on YouTube somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, this, this will be a clip all around the place. Uh, but it, uh, it, it really got into the fact that I never wanted to sue Jay-Z. Right. Once I realized that he was ripping me off, I'm just going to say that because he probably did. But once I realized he was ripping me off, I immediately went to my lawyers and said, I want everything researched. I know what we have. I want to know if he filed for anything along this line. And he had filed for nothing. And for anyone that understand anything what trademark is all about, you have to. If you want to have, say you want to start a pool business, and you want to take the name uh, Williamson's Sweat Hog Pools, <laughs> you've got to trademark that name, and it's just good for pools. And I'm sure there's like six or other, 10 or 20 other things out there that fall in like pools, you know, little pools, big pools, the uprights, I mean, whatever. Right. If you want to do for clothing, you've got to do it just for clothing. Now, you know, with T-shirts, sweatpants. And you have to have articles of clothing that have your logo and name and all that on it. If you go to, uh, uh, if you want to do it for um, uh, a car, like a Lincoln, you know, it's called a town car. The reason why no one else called a town car because they own that. It's trademark. It's Lincoln. But it's only that black could go get a town car if it was a bicycle and call a town car if I want to. Because it's a whole different trademark. So you can't blanket trademark anything, but there are certain things that I'm specific on. One is clothing, and the other is entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait, because what happened was, when I started to really research the whole Jay-Z thing, and my attorney said, but I did mine on the man. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's <was> pretty impressive. <laughs> wow, I mean, he's, got a lot, you know, he's a lot like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this guy came up with nothing. Right. He totally manifested his own destiny. 
And they're like, wow. I, I, said, I said to my attorney, once you get everything in line, I said, I don't want to sue him. Let's see if we can work out a deal. I want to, I want, I want to do something with him. I want, to, I want to, first of all, I want to get a licensing fee from him. It's only right. It's my thing. Right. And I want to be paid back. At that time, he'd only done album covers or CD covers. Um, he'd only done um, uh, the, the, the Fade to Black movie and some posters. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I so we can work that out. But when we approached his attorney, Mr. Guido, he was so disrespectful to me. Not the first time. The first time he basically said, you're wrong. Because we said anything that Jay-Z, that I came up with a diamond cutter, and I could prove the first time. I did it in 95. But I could prove I did it in June, excuse me, May of 96, right after The Lord of the Rings. And I beat Brad Armstrong into a diamond cutter. You know how um, many people did it with me? Nobody. <laughs> and I have every match I have, one after another after that. For five matches, nobody did it. But six matches, a little girl did it. Then three people, then five, then six, then four, then eight. And then remember, let me get that camera shot of wrestling. It's just the people right across from the ring. Right. That's the hard camera shot. That's the shot that I was getting when I was throwing a diamond cutter up. Mm-hmm. That my father just filmed when I threw the diamond cutter up. And then there was a point where I hit my move, and it went to a lower camera out of nowhere, and it shot from the ground up, not the hard camera. And when I hit my move, 10,000 people stood up for the sign. Mm-hmm. Because they never saw it coming. And that's one of the things that made a diamond cutter so smoking hot. If you go to see a movie, do you want to, be, do you want to know the ending? Well, of course not. Do you want to... When it comes to endings, where they build up and bend up, the number one thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, you want to be surprised. Right. More than anything, little kids were surprised. It's your birthday. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You want to be surprised. Well, that's what the diamond cutter was, mm-hmm. and that's what the sign was that put me with other people. So, bottom line is, is that I wanted a license for license. I did it since you know '90s. I did it May '96. You didn't come out till June of '96, and we can't just find you doing it before you know 2000. So. You know, blah, blah, blah. They said they've been doing it since 95 or something absurd like that. When they followed them rock, rock and roll records, I was like, where? You know, <laughs> in, in, in the backyard? You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even out bringing, he wouldn't sell them the CDs yet. You know, he was waiting. I said, send me, send me something. We're going to do it. We, then we got some of the more, and I won't get into them. You don't have to breathe through them because I don't let myself sell it. You know, because they were, they were, uh, they were very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. He back to me, and I said, "Try one more thing." And then when he came back with another disrespectful comment, I said, "Sue him." And when I sued him, I freaking put a deal where we, uh, you know, um, he's not. We we're putting a cease and desist order. Mm-hmm. Well, he's busy. What did he do with that? He put it everywhere. <laughs> so all I could say to him is, you know what? Can't wait to see you in August. <laughs> this, is, this is one of those things you can just shrug off. Right. I'm here. I got plenty of money. And I'm not going away. Well, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you believe in something, 
you have to stand up. You stand mm-hmm. for nothing because you stand for nothing. Right. Right. Uh, well, the guy who wrote that in, uh, Duck Fan, he's an independent rapper, and he uh, he volunteered to write you a diss track to uh, for Jay Z if uh, <laughs> if you want him to. But um, we really appreciate you coming on here. We had you on here a little longer than you wanted to be. Anything you want to tell the fans out there before we let you go? Um, say that again. Yeah, I know we're cutting up here. Um, anything you want to tell your fans out there before we let you go? Um, I don't know. It's really uh. <laughs> my ass off, you know, and so I hope they're doing well. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I got out right now, and it's really, you know, I'm, I'm not a, it's not a big heavy item, but it's a, a financial anyway. It's a thing called Own Your Life, it's an audio book that I uh, developed. It's my program to uh, to uh, helping people, you know, everyone says you change your life, change your life. Everybody has to change your life. But if you change it, what do you do that? You know, my mm-hmm. ten principles teach you how to own your life so that you can constantly move moving forward and be driven to succeed in whatever goal you want. And to me, there's nothing that makes me more puffed up than to see other people achieve their goals and then treat other people with that kind of respect back. How's that sound? Oh, that's great, man. Everybody check that out, diamonddialspage.com. I can't wait until he's 50, something now. <laughs> what, do you, what do you plan on doing then? <laughs> I'll tell you what, right now, and one, I just did it the other day because you're a fly tomorrow. I'm, I'm a big mark for him. I, I just love what, and you have to know his move, you know, what he gave up. There's a guy, you know, when the Rocky script wanted to be sold, I'll make this real short and quick. When the Rocky sold, they wanted the script, but they didn't want him. They offered yeah. $100,000, a starving actor in 1972, living in a 4 by 4 motel, you know, and he didn't take it. And then it went to 150 dollars $380,000 he was offered for a script. You know what that would be worth today? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, quite a million. And he turned it down because he believed in himself. You want to talk about the power of manifestation? Because he believed wow. that this was going to be his ticket, and I'll be damned if it wasn't. I remember him doing them one-arm push-ups back in the day. I was like, damn, I want to go through that someday. Then I said, I'm doing it again in, in Rocky Balboa now. In between that, and I was a kid saying that, and then when I saw Rocky Balboa about three months ago, I started doing one-arm push-ups. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's, you know, to me, when people say, oh, this weight, I'm just and I say, what's more impressive? Uh, a guy who can... Um, bench 225 pounds 10 times, or a guy who can do 10 one-arm push-ups on both sides. You know, it's a no-brainer what the answer Right. So I started working on a three-second one-arm push-up, where you go down for three seconds, you hold three inches up the ground for three seconds, you push up for three seconds. And then I went to a five. And then last weekend, I'd never done it before, I was showing what is possible if you were to work, this is not part of the program, but if you were to do YRG, what you could strengthen your mind and your body to be able to do, I said, Let, I'm a big fan of Rocky Balboa. <laughs> let me end with a wire. Let me end with a push-up here. But it can't be a regular push-up. It's got to be a YRG warrior push-up. Well, I'm going to go down for 10 seconds. I'm going to hold myself off the ground for 10 seconds. 
And then I'm going to push myself up for 10 seconds. And man, these people flipped. It was tremendous. That's brutal. <laughs> Go to yrgworkout.com and pull up the, uh, the uh, push-up content between me and Ken Evans. It's in yrgworkout.com under transformation. And watch what this 71, almost 72-year-old man accomplished with me. Wow. Who? Amazing. Yes. Ted Evans. Right. years old. Check that out. That was a good movie, by the way, uh, the new uh, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, it was really I enjoyed good. it. Yeah. You've got to be a Rocky fan, I think, to really enjoy it, but I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, and I like it kind of came full circle. I, I like that. Yeah, me too. And, and, I, and I'm a mark for the guy. And, uh, you know, this, he, he's kind of proven him wrong. He said he was going to be a bomb. Mm-hmm. They were wrong. <laughs> they were wrong. All right, man. Really appreciate you coming on here. Sorry we have uh, some problems here. It's okay. Send the link to my boys, okay? All right. Let's say, uh, when you say about the one-arm push-ups, they reminded me of uh, Playboy Buddy Rose. <laughs> I love Playboy Buddy Rose. Oh, yeah, he used to do the one-arm push-ups back in the AWA. <laughs> I'm a little different than Playboy, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not as good an entertainer as he was because he was, ah. Uh, oh, yeah, he's a man. Oh, he was the man back in the AWA. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, earlier we uh, talked to uh, Baron Von Rasky from the AWA on our wrestling show. Yeah, classic. <laughs> all right, boys. All right. I got to roll. Yep. Okay, Sorry okay, for keeping you, so you a little much. late. Hey, it's been your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> you See you, man. See you. I think Chris, a.k.a. E.J. Curcio from the uh, infamous Hardwood. I'm saying I love withoutyourhead.com.
three, two. All right, and welcome to Without Your Head More mm-hmm. Radio. This is Neil, and I'm John. All right, that was an excellent interview with uh, Demondell's page. Sorry for any uh, technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, everything went haywire on us today, so we had to uh, we had to stop productions. Right, so um, we yeah, figured like every episode? every website that we've sent like stuff to plug us for that we're going to be live <laughs> at at nine o'clock probably right. posted it today, mm-hmm. and like and we didn't deliver. Yeah, th- this was the first time I sent out like uh, a plugs prior to the without your head episode. Uh huh. And yeah, I was actually saw it on like a lot of websites. Like, you know, tune in without your horror radio. Diamond Dolls page live at nine o'clock p.m. Eastern, and uh, it was the first, it was the first without your head that we were gonna do live that didn't uh, didn't happen. So I, I think, <laughs> well, the I think first this one was that was like show. heavily plugged. So. Yeah. Well, the first mm. live one, I think the um, wasn't the time before it was. Uh, oh, was Sid Haig. Yeah, we didn't get live with that one. That one's recorded. Now the Sid Haig one went smooth. Yeah, that went real there. smooth. I mean, everything goes smooth until like mm-hmm. something comes up. And then it then it just goes all to all to hell. <laughs> oh well, what can you do? Right. Troy's not with us at the moment because we're recording this at uh, seven a.m. <laughs> right, he might be awake. Let me give him a call. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid of what we'd get if uh, right if he, he didn't might, answer. We might. Yeah, that's uh, true. Might, we might get on this as uh, fully on here. I don't think she'd be very happy. You don't think so? Probably what? not. I don't even know the lady. Maybe we could get a banshee scream. A banshee scream? Yeah. Just oh. like start screaming at us? Perhaps, perhaps. But he was on the interview. Yes, he was. He mm. was in the interview, and he uh, even asked some questions near the end of the interview. Excellent. Made me proud. Excellent. I'll have to take Stepping a listen to that. Up. All right. And we also want to give a special thanks to uh, to William Walker, who uh, mm-hmm. helped us out last minute. The Walker Views. What's the website? The, the WalkerViews.net. Yeah, he does all kinds of audio. It's, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've been on there a couple uh, times. We've been yeah, I think we've been three under, or two times. I'm not sure. Yeah, under uh, different guises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows who we're talking about anyhow. So. No, no, I doubt it. It's probably a big mystery. All right. It up. So at this moment, I'm going to just start bitching about like every single zombie movie that's coming out. <laughs> Does every single like indie director with a HD camera have to go out and make a freaking zombie movie? I know this guy's probably like listening to the program right now, and he's probably like, "Hey, maybe I'll ask him to come on." But come on, enough zombie movies. You know, I could be the next George Romero. Is what you saying? <laughs> yes. You need to think of something else, and then and then make your movie, and perhaps you can be the next George Romero. Right. It's not just any director, so I mean, it, it's become like a mainstream thing. No, it's it's not, uh, nauseating. I don't even know why I do this anymore. I, I don't even know if I like movies anymore. It's just like everything like pisses me off. I just saw Kate Bosworth is in a movie, and it and that just pisses me off. I don't know why. <laughs> It's some uh some Stephen King movie or something. I don't know. Who knows? I'm looking at this. I don't. I haven't even read it, and it's making me mad. <laughs> Maybe I'm just in a bad mood. Oh man, we gotta we gotta cheer John up here. 
Uh, speaking of Stephen King, uh, probably on our next episode of Without Your Head, we're going to go over in our in the in your coffin or in mm-hmm. the coffin segment. It'll be a uh, pet cemetery. Oh yeah, it is an excellent little film. Uh, we're going to go over this uh, episode, but everything just kind of went crazy on us today. Mm-hmm. Everything's working fine now, though. So right, thanks, so, uh, Comcast. I love yeah. you. <laughs> If anybody's out there, uh, Bill Mosley, uh, Dallas Page wants to call back in. Uh, I'm wondering if you right now. <laughs> we didn't have Bill Mosley. Uh, I don't think, did we? No, I was just, just picking a name off the top of my head. I'd really have to blow my head off then. <laughs> Bang. Have it all over with. Bang, yes. Dallas Page. There we go. Yeah. YRG. <laughs> Feel the bang, YRG. <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening to that <laughs> this far. Nah, I, I, he's nah, got, he's got, he's an important dude. He's got things to do. Mm-hmm. Well, Did you ask him of, about the movie he's doing with like Wesley Snipes or something? Or? Yeah, um, that that was actually the bonus movie on uh, Eight Films to Die For. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, if you get to see, if you went to see like all eight, and then you got a free ticket to uh, then uh, then uh, the bonus movie was a uh, was a uh, Hood of Horror. Man, I mean, I'm all about some like. Uh, Horror marathons, but I don't know if I could sit through all that. Through nine movies? <laughs> through like nine movies in one day? I think it's a, it was a it was a three day weekend. Oh, okay, it was like three a day. You'd have to be like the hardest of hardcore to like actually do that. I could do that. So how I many movies would you have to watch per day to like get through the entire thing? Three, three. Yeah, I could do that, man. Three movies in three days. Yeah, that'd be three like, movies uh, per day. I mean, how many uh, things of popcorn do you think you go through? I don't know, because I can eat some popcorn. Me too, me too. I mean, uh, last time we went to the movies, we went to see uh, Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. And um, we were like, they get the large popcorn. <laughs> we, we just Notice we didn't go see a horror movie. <laughs> we went to Rocky Balboa. It's got to shine our interest on the current scene nowadays. But go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, I'm just saying, uh, we went out to eat beforehand, and we were pretty stuffed. They're like, well, let's get a popcorn. We're going to mean you whatever. But um, if you get the large one, you get a free refill. It's like, oh, all right, we'll get that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pretty much ate the whole popcorn, like, before the movie started. And then we got a refill, and after that, it's all that throughout the movie. Just, uh, the, the popcorn is like, no matter how full you are, like, you can uh, you can eat more popcorn. Hmm. Especially if it's good popcorn. And, uh, here in uh, Sandwich, Massachusetts, it's, uh, it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> well, I, too, went to go see Rocky Balboa, and I didn't get no popcorn, but my brother did, and he ate mm-hmm. half of it, and then he gave me the rest. There's like there's like a good seventy five percent left in that bag and I choked it all down. Oh man. Making me proud. I gladly choked it all down. <laughs> no, 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 dirty jokes. no dirty jokes. No, no dirty jokes there without your head. Mm-hmm. Clean mind. You know there is a I think I talked about it in the last show, I'm not sure. But uh the descent, which uh came just came out, it came out a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. on uh, D V D and uh, I think that's a really good movie for us. Uh, horror fans to check out. That's uh, a new recent be up there. movie. Yeah, it's got to be up there with um, the feast for like uh, my probably my two favorite horror movies of uh, of last year. I think this is like a case of like when the trailer just like turned me off. That trailer just looked like freaking awful. <laughs> like yeah, every you time, really check it out though. Every time I saw it, like I just saw, I just thought I do not want to see that movie. It's kind of like, I was reading. 
Go on. A trailer can do a movie like more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the un- the unrated one that's out now, the the ending's uh, apparently different from like the the American release. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for whatever, like the test audience is like, I guess they like they wanted a happier ending. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> these test audience, I just don't know about them. They just come in and they're like, ah, we want a happier ending. And uh, apparently, I was reading about this. I thought this was pretty interesting. Was uh, like they didn't introduce any of the uh, of the of the cast members to like to the underground. Um, it's basically it's a group of us uh, spelunkers, uh, women spelunkers who uh, you know go through case, and uh, they meet up with like this underground. Um, I won't tell you what they are because you find that movie. But apparently, they, they didn't they didn't let them see see what they encounter beforehand, so they could get like uh, a more realistic like. Uh, yeah. Shock from. That's pretty interesting, though. Yeah, that's a pretty standard technique. <laughs> I've heard about <laughs> it in a lot of movies. Yeah. It's like, ah, let's not show him Jason, because it'll scare him, or let's not be, like, friendly with Jason. Actually, oh, I think they might actually pretty... have to act and do their job. These were pretty <laughs> scary uh, creatures, I have to say. Yeah. I'll have I to check it out. I recommend the movie. I like <laughs> It's just a fucking hillbilly bitching about the entire thing. It's like, why would nope. you want to listen to that show? <laughs> I, I bet there's... See, to me, this doesn't bother me, but I'm uh, sure there's some people out there who think the... Uh, who might find it slow to begin with, but I think that's just building up the suspense. Because you really don't uh, see... You don't see, you don't see like, uh, monsters for, like, the first hour of the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so check out The Descent. Uh, actually, a movie that came out Tuesday, which I know you've been dying to see, mm-hmm. is um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. <laughs> actually, I kind of have like some sort of interest in seeing this one because it's not a remake, but like it's like a it's like a prequel. We right. can't just do like a straight up sequel now. We got to do prequels and remakes and reimaginings. Right. Reimaginings. It's no longer mm-hmm. it's no longer remakes. No longer will this story progress. It, it's just. Uh, it's just, uh, you know. There's always well, like, some sort of curiosity of how the next sequel is going to come out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, that last Halloween movie, good lord, it was awful. They had freaking druids in it and all, all this other kind of stuff. And it's like, well, let's go see the next one. Let's see how it turns out. And then you get H2O, which was, like, probably one of the better Halloween sequels. Oh, yeah. And then, and then it's just like, but now it's just like, no, we're just going to remake the first one. We're going to reimagine it. I, I kind of like the H two O like uh, method of doing that, where they just kind of they just kind of bypass all the bad ones. They're like, you know, those last four movies. Forget those even happened. Right. This is the like they could do. They were talking about that. Well, I don't know if they were, but um, they. Yeah, Corey Feldman was talking that was about Corey it. Corey Feldman, really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a high-ranking uh, member of Hollywood. Oh my movie. God. The Corey's coming down on it. You better watch out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if Corey Feldman says it, it's law, in my book. <laughs> and he was saying, like, he, they should just make a sequel right right from uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. All right, let's mark this on the calendar. Don't ask Corey Feldman to do the show <laughs> within three... How long does it take for all the current shows to be off the front page? Um, approximately, uh, well, it depends on how many we do. Probably mm-hmm. 48 weeks. Okay, so 
Let's let's wait about four <laughs> or eight weeks, and then we'll ask Corey to do the show. All right. Uh, I did ask Corey Feldman to do the show. We <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. We're shooting ourselves in the foot here. It was back when we were doing the Friday 13th deal. Okay, okay. Yeah. I would have loved to add him back then, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. he didn't bite on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we, weren't the, we weren't the big deal we are now. So. <laughs> we're big, all right. <laughs> all right. Speaking of big deals, so Bruce Campbell has his old old, old spice <laughs> <laughs> There was once upon a time when like it didn't seem like everybody and their mama knew who Bruce Campbell was. <laughs> right. It was kinda cool to like Bruce Campbell back then. But now mm-hmm. I got like these fifteen year old kids running up to me telling me how great Evil Dead was. And now they're like remaking it with like Ashton Kusher as like the freaking Bruce Campbell as Ash. Or I don't know if it's him. I heard it was like even Stifler or something from those fucking movies. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, good lord. I I, I will say I think that guy's a good actor. What does the insanity is? I think that'd be a better fit, but uh, I just don't think that's a movie to remake. Because a lot of its charm is that it's a low budget movie. Mm hmm. You know, and, um, I don't see why it's kind of like remaking, not quite as like extreme as remaking Blair Witch, but it's kind of the same idea to me. Yeah, I just, I mean, 1980s, that's really not that old. It's no. Like, now they're going to just like have a bunch of CG scenes in it, and it's just going to be, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not very excited for anything that's coming out recently. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you prefer the, uh, to going back and showing how things like, uh, the beginning, kind of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre beginning idea? I'd probably rather see that than a remake. Mm-hmm. I'd pr- I definitely would rather see that than just, like, a retelling of the story you you already know about. Because right. it's, it's a little more interesting that way. I don't like it when the timelines are all jumbled up, but what, what the hey, you gotta, you gotta have something to make a movie about, so. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But. I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of interested to see that one. I might pick that one up and watch it. But now you got the Blu-ray and the HD DVD and all that oh, crap. Yeah. And it's like, I'll, 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 I'll admit this. I actually bought uh, bought it on DVD Tuesday. See, it's just like I don't want to buy anything on DVD now because I think I'm going to be like wasting my money because it's like, you know, a couple, you know, down the road it's going to be out on something else and then it's going to be like, oh man. What the hell? Now I got to buy it again. Yeah, I, I understand that, that that kind of stuff. Uh, it just doesn't. It's not right. It's like you know, the VHS. I mean, that was out for a long time before DVDs came around. Yeah, definitely. DVDs really have been around that long that they're already talking about. You know, like the next evolution. Well, I think it was kind of like flawed to begin with because like they had all these progressive scan DVD players and then. And then they had the ones that like even upconvert, but there's just no way they can get into like a uh, into like a high definition uh, with as much con- with as much like storage as there is on a DVD. Mm-hmm. They have to have like a DVD that can store like up to uh, 15 gigs to get like an actual high definition picture on it. My whole thing is that when they put out like the next thing with the high definition DVD or the you know, or whatever comes after that. Blu-ray and HD, it's probably going to be a long battle. It's, uh, I just, I I hope that they're, can you use, like, a regular DVD on an HDV, on a hard, uh, 
an HD. Like, uh, put that HD. in your player and have it play? Yeah. I believe you can. I believe they're uh, going to be, like, backwards see, that, that, compatible. Yeah, that, that, that's cool with me, then. I believe even, like, some players are going to be, like, uh, up-convert. Like, they'll up-convert your standard DVD into 1080i or whatever your uh, mm-hmm. HD setting is. And that will... Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. And it will display it, like, better to a degree, but it's still not... I mean, it looks a little crisper, but it's not like uh It's not like a... Oh my God! I gotta kill myself over this. <laughs> right. I remember it was. I think this wasn't the Genesis. I think that they they like uh, you could use like old Sega games on it. Mmm. I, I believe it was. Oh, the system. Master System games like into. Yeah. You had to buy like a uh, adapter to like plug mm-hmm. into the uh, system, and then it could play the Master games. I believe, but I could be yeah. wrong. I think they did that once with like the ColecoVision, where you could buy like a, an Atari <laughs> adapter. Weren't we bashing Bruce Campbell? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I don't really want to bash him, though. I mean, I still enjoy the man's think, work, think, but it's just... Yeah, I don't think it's really you have a problem with Bruce Campbell. I think it's a your problem that he's become like this, uh, like this, I don't know, like this... It just, uh, I don't know how cult, to explain it. It just, it just annoys me whenever, like... <laughs> it's like, it's it's like he's he's something that, like, was like a, a small group of... He's like a cult favorite... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's a, he's moved from call favorite to like a pulp, uh, like a pop icon, pop culture icon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that like shallow of me to like hate him because of that? No, I don't really think you hate him. I think you hate the idea that every he's that people have like ruined your love of uh, Bruce Campbell. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's where we're coming from. Right, I'm just trying to. I'm just, I don't know. You're like, like putting like, me down on your couch now and yeah, I'm getting into get my head. And that's definitely like, I'd like to get on the show. Oh, for sure. I mean, so we'll have to mark that down on the calendar. Don't ask <laughs> right. Chris Campbell to come on. I actually did. We, ask yeah, him we've too. actually asked him, and he just yeah. said no thanks. Yeah, actually, he was busy. It was. Uh, we actually got a reply from him. So. Yeah, I actually appreciate it though. Whenever they like give us a reply and say. Like, mm-hmm. We'll oh, definitely. To, we'll have to pass, you know. Right. I mean, they might just be like, we have no interest in doing it, but at least they reply. I hate hearing about, like, uh, oh, he says he's coming on next month, next month, next month. Right. And it's just like, oh, good Lord, I'm sick of hearing about this person. <laughs> Which we haven't had too much uh, on this one. No. On, uh, without your head. No, not too bad, really. I mean, it's come together pretty good, so. Mm-hmm. I'm knows. definitely proud of our, uh, of all our uh, the guests we've had, all the interviews we've done. Yeah, so far I think it's it's been pretty well put together. Mm-hmm. The sky's limited. Well, definitely, it's kind of cheesy. <laughs> uh, going back it to the zombie thing, <laughs> Yeah, let's bash that a little bit. Yeah, went to the sky. Now we go back to the ground. <laughs> and I don't. I hate zombie movies that doesn't have like the entire city like crawling with zombies. Like if they can't shut down a street and have like zombies walking throughout the street or something like that to make it really feel like the the entire world has been overcome with these zombies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If yeah. it's just like, well, we got five zombies and they're just kind of like <laughs> wandering around. <laughs> they're kind of like wandering around a parking garage and you can see like cars like driving in the background and stuff. <laughs> I really don't think it works that way either. So, mm-hmm. if you're if you're like a low budget filmmaker and you're trying to do that that kind of that kind of that kind of thing, yeah, forget about it. Well, why not just the? Why not um, you know, before uh, Night of the Living Dead, zombies weren't like. I mean, they weren't like in movies all the time. He took that and made it his own. Why not? 
you know, if you're if you're uh, an indie uh, director or whatever, uh, come up with your own uh, your own lore. Come up with your own monster. Come up with your own killer. Make it your own. You know. I think another thing that kind of bothers me about it is like they're all just trying to be like exactly the same as like a George Romero movie, or they're trying to be like Shaun of the Dead or something. Mm-hmm. And that just that just infinitely gets on my nerves, and it's just like. You know, they'll have these, like, cheesy little scenes where they're like, oh, man, you got to shoot it in the head. Shoot it in the head. And then, like, everybody's screaming at the guy to shoot the damn zombie in the fucking head. <laughs> and it's just like, good Lord, how many times do I have to see this? I know what you're trying to recreate. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Well, that's a pro- I always have a problem with a lot of movies. And after a while, they just kind of give up and just, like, assume everyone knows how to do it. You know, like, you watch a a, a vampire movie, like the old um, Monster Squad, the classic Monster mm-hmm. Squad. Now, the, those kids knew how to kill how to kill those monsters. They're like, well, you get you got to put the, the stake through uh, Dracula's heart. And, and then, then again, that's kind of like another, like, Another, like, instance of, like, that kind of, like, being oversaturated. And it's kind of like, nobody does, like, any of the classical vampires where they actually have to have, like, a skilled actor to, like, portray the vampire instead of, like, this grueling kind of running beast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, nobody, like, tries to do, like, a Dracula. Or if it, or if they do, it's, like, way overdone, like, too gothic. In this. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like... I don't know. That gets on my nerves too. <laughs> it's like, well, well, did you have the new uh, Wolfman movie coming up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Chocolate and Blood <laughs> review. Oh, no, I didn't mean that one. They're actually making like a a Wolfman with uh, a pretty famous actor in it. Uh huh. I don't know why they called that film Chocolate and Blood. <laughs> blood and chocolate. Blood and chocolate. It's just like I don't know. That that trailer's pretty awful, but... Yeah, we, we saw that one. Did you? Uh-huh. Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, it was the same thing. Like, they said that they said the name. It was at Rocky Balboa. And my and my mom was like, that's a stupid name. <laughs> when people are laughing in the theater once they watch your trailer, that's not a good thing. You want to get no. that trailer changed up a little bit. <laughs> Blood and chocolate. <laughs> I don't. I didn't get that. They, they didn't even talk about uh, didn't talk about chocolate. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Is it like uh, is it like these candy makers and <laughs> it's kind of like if it is, that movie's not worth seeing in the first place. <laughs> <one. laughs> like candy maker woman. <laughs> like, like you must like, collect the chocolate. You must collect them. <laughs> The, the chocolate beans and, uh, and bring them back so we can pound them into it. And they're like doing it all with like these oversaturated British accents. And they're, just, they're all will, they're working for Willy Wonka. <laughs> it's the Willy Wonka horror movie. It's the, it's the evil wolf. It's the evil wolfman uh, Oompa Loompa. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Now that movie needs to be made. <laughs> you think you could just... I mean... they. you think you could just make up a new monster? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like... If somebody could, like, tap into, like, uh... 
you know, kind of think of something that's kind of scary and then, like, try to, like, build onto that. Kind of like Freddy Krueger. That's a pretty, like, mm-hmm. far-out-there character, you know? Yeah, that's a very original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's nothing like, uh... You, like, kind of think of, like, Dracula, you know? I'll, I want to suck your blood, and, you know, that's basically how vampires were kind of created. I mean, well, not mm-hmm. Dracula. I think vampires were before Dracula or anything, but it kind of, like made an icon of those of those figures, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, if anybody thinks, you know, vampires, they normally think, you know, Dracula, something like that. Right. You know, something to the... I don't know. <coughs> but you got the vampire movies, you got werewolves, you got, you got zombies. Um, I don't know, you think people, you could just go back and uh, just, uh, just create something different. I mean, how, how many uh, different ways can, like... You make a movie about uh, about the same uh, the same creature. Yeah, you could probably even go back and look at old uh, legend lore and, and find some other thing people used to talk about. Yeah, like uh, I don't know, succubus. Yeah, you can make a movie about a succubus. Yeah, that one hasn't been done. No, see, I'm telling you. Oh man, I need back. to start writing that script. Right. You could open up the uh the uh monster manual, the Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. <laughs> oh, the beholder. <laughs> that's a I'll be a movie about a beholder now. There that's a movie. You just like open up the door and this big eyeball's coming in after you. <laughs> like, no <laughs> I am the beholder. You get that's stuck in the fun. doorway. Yeah. You'd be floating around. This is big head floating with eyeballs all coming off. That one's hmm. We haven't seen like a troll movie been done for a while. Ah, like a, a bunch of, like a big horde of trolls going around killing people. Yeah. How about that? Huh? Yeah, that's a movie. You don't have to do zombies. You can do trolls. Yeah, trolls. <laughs> See, we're. You need to give us some commission for this. We're coming up with some ideas here. Yeah, you don't see giant insects. No, you don't see giant that's insects. Well, yeah, they have the. Which eight one? Legged, eight-legged freaks, I guess. <laughs> that is a fine film. Don't you dare bash that one. <laughs> Had David Arquette in it, dude. Uh, yeah, he's former uh, world champion. Just like uh, Judah Friedlander. <laughs> I did enjoy that film, though. I did, too, in my own way. After that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it was, I don't think it hit very well in the box office. No, I was kind of surprised. I wanted to buy that one on DVD, but it just, like, stayed at, like, $20 forever. And it was like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to pay $20 for eight-legged yeah. free. How about <laughs> dropping the price here? It's going to be a two for 11 at the, at the Walmart. And now it is, finally. And it's yeah. Like, gosh. And, and then now you can get some for three ninety nine. You get You can get, like, uh, Young Guns 2 for, for 4 bucks this <laughs> this week at, uh, at Blockbuster. Uh-huh. Yeah, I suggest everybody pick that one up because if you think the first one's good, this one's better. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, just because a movie's like it used to be mean like if a movie was cheap, like it sucked. But now, mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick up some pretty good movies cheap. Oh yeah, all kinds. Mm-hmm. If, the if the bargain if, bin. At, uh, oh yeah, Walmart. If, mm-hmm. if you're still on like a VHS, you can. I you, you could go around to like your uh, video stores. Oh. Uh-huh. Pick them up for like a dollar. I will say though, to be like a director of a movie and come in and like see your movie in the bargain bin, <laughs> right. that would be pretty hard. Right. So, like, <laughs> if we ever we ever put 
Uh, we ever put this show out like a, on DVDs or something? Mm-hmm. And uh, and like you happen to see it in like the dollar bin, you, your heart would just like crush. <laughs> I could understand us being in the dollar bin, but like, <laughs> like if I made this big production or something, I mean, it's like right to the dollar bin, baby. <laughs> like what? It's not even going straight to video. It's going just right to the dollar bin. <laughs> There's just like the big film canister in there. <laughs> you like, think they'll ever come the day when they make movies like that? You know, they just make them right till like for like a buck. They don't even go to the theater or anything. Just go right, right, right to like a duck. <laughs> well, I think we're heading that way. We got all these zombie films and stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm harping too much on that. I'm starting to feel bad about it. So. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you want to make a zombie movie, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Let's see it. Just don't put that damn scene in there where everybody's yelling at him. Shoot the zombie in the head, man. <laughs> Have you seen these fucking new uh, Return of the Living Dead? Like the fourth one and then like the fifth one? Yeah, I, I saw the, the fourth one. one. I haven't seen the fifth one. Oh, yet. God. That was something awful, yeah. wasn't it? You know what? I actually liked the first like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. pretty good. And then it just uh, went, went downhill. <laughs> really fast. Uh-huh. See, that's another thing about. they haven't done in like, you know, like, like a big mass zombie, like, taking over kind of thing. You know, like in the first one, you know, there's mm-hmm. zombies all over the place. But in this one, it's yeah, like was, four or five, you know, Yeah, in the it's unlike somewhere. they don't even know about them. They barely mm-hmm. know about them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is years after so they supposedly like, took over the world. And, and now it's like, I don't know. Well, they took over this, like, whole town, I believe. Yeah. And they, well, I won't ruin the ending, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody's seen that movie by now. They dropped a nuclear bomb on it or something. Right. How can you couldn't cover something up like that? <laughs> this this region, you you cannot travel into it because uh, you might get cancer or something. So <laughs> we dropped an A bomb there. So uh, that, that is a problem there. though with all these like very well known uh, mythos like the zombies. You got to shoot them in the head. The vampire got to stab in the heart. Mm. What do you do? Now, if you put one out, do you make it that the characters have to find out how to kill them? Or do you make it where they already know because it's so well known? I think nowadays you don't you don't make it where there's like a solution to like actually kill them because you want a sequel. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Freddy Krueger? They've never <laughs> came up with a way to like get rid of him. Right. There's a way every single movie. Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just like you know, he might go away for a little bit, but then like... Always gives you that little, that mm-hmm. little uh, eye wink, you know, saying sure, that they're right. going to continue it. We got to bury his bones, or hmm. doesn't they like bury his body in one? Yeah, that kind of kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, bury his bones and then put holy water over it and all that stuff. I don't know. That was um, I do have to say the original one, which yeah, of course, is like by far the best. I was never like real crazy over the ending because you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense, yeah. I can kind of see... I mean, like, it's like you just, like, don't give him any power or something. I don't know. Yeah, but then he comes back at the end, so you don't know if he, like, he died <laughs> or he came back or what. I don't know what's going on. I don't think they knew how to end that one. Yeah, I really think that was the problem with it. He didn't know how to end, but... I mean, still, it's still uh, a classic movie. Oh, yeah. I'm not here to bash that one. Not to bash that one at all. <laughs> Now, are they really going to make The Lost Boys 2? I see that they're talking about that again. They've been talking about that for, like, uh, ten years at least. 
I'm not really a big fan of the first Lost Boys. Really? I kind of just found it cheesy. I, I really like that movie. I think that maybe because uh, I was a kid, I was like a, I was my teen angst when I went to see it. I don't know. Uh-huh. But uh, I haven't seen it in years, but the time I really liked it. Corey's in that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I actually think Corey Feldman's a good actor. I think he should get a second chance. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I don't know, like, it's like, oh, who's the leader of these vampires? And you think it's like Keith or Settling through the whole movie. Right. And then, like, at the end, it's like this nerdy guy that his mom's been going out with. Yeah. And like, and then they show that shock, like they cut to that sh- shock scene of like, oh man, they're like revealing it, and then it's like, it's like it shows him, and he looks like this big dork, and then he like sticks his tongue out, and he's like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and people think it's like this classic movie. Yeah, oh, it's become like a. It was like you know fairly big at the time, but like the last few years, it's become like a. It's sort of like a classic, like you said. Mm-hmm. They put you out like pick a it up at your dollar man at the Walmart. No, I think they put out like a special edition. Oh, DVD and they ended and they were that. Talking all about it, yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, you can buy it now for five bucks, but ooh, special edition, you know, an extra five <laughs> seconds. Look at all the flashy lights. Look at it. Look at it. I need to buy this one. You know, no, no, we're making fun of like all these things, but is there any like special edition DVD that came out that like really made you proud? Like you know that 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 was worth the money. Mm, I don't know. It's like, at first, like, I was really anticipating, like, some special releases of, like, some films mm-hmm. with, like, good commentary and everything, and I was, like, really wrapped up into that kind of stuff. And then it's like, they just kept making so many. It's like, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not excited about this one anymore, but you're making me spend more money on it. Right. Um, it, what to me was funny was, I, choose, I do like the, uh, the Dawn of the Dead. Um, like the deluxe edition, mm-hmm. at all. But it was funny to me was uh, in during one of the commentaries, Romero's like, he's like, you know, like all the different countries it was put out in, like it was like eight minutes long, eight minutes shorter. You know, some of them were like a lot different, like a half hour. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of jokingly says like, well, oh, that's another special edition we could put out, like the Swedish version where it's like eight minutes shorter. <laughs> and it was pretty funny, but at the same time it's kind of true because like th- it has all these different versions of the movie. And a couple of them are really different, but some of them really aren't that different when, when they do that. They'll mm-hmm. put out, like, you know, all these different versions. And you think it's, like, a whole different movie. Yet it's, you know, just, you know, like, ten minutes shorter, ten minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, though, the, the uh, was it the Italian cut? It, I mean, it is a lot different. It's a kind of a different movie. Well, yeah, that's Stereo Argento's cut, so... Mm-hmm. Basically, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was with that. It's like basically, I think he helped put up some of the money for to make the movie, and then I think he just wanted to have the uh, the rights to cut it how he wanted, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, over there. So yeah, they cut they cut out. No, it's not. Me, it's a lot not faster as good. pace. Yeah. So to me, it's not as good a movie. It's, they cut out some of like the uh, the comedy aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. Satire. Yeah, but uh, overall, of that, that that's really uh, that's a nice. Uh, it looks cool too. <laughs> mm. But um, I don't know. Is there any? Was there any special editions that you were really like pleased with? Well, recently they released released that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it had a lot of good like documentaries on it. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. good. 
I kind of like that one. And I like the one that Pioneer released a long time ago. And it had, like, some uh, good commentary on it. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of stuff I've, I know, I pretty much know all about it, you know, normally. Right. And it's just kind of like it repeats itself, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand, yeah. Now, I haven't got that, uh, that, that new, um... Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Mm-mm. Well, I hear, like, um... The guy at work, Sam, he claims, like, uh, it's it's night and day from, like, the older releases, the transfer that they did of it. Like, right. it looks, like, so much better, he says. So, I haven't done it for myself to, like, really check it out, but... Yeah. I, I have the special edition that came out, like, when this when the remake came out. Mm-hmm. They put, like, a special edition out. Mm-hmm. But, um, it really didn't have that much on it. Well, like I think at the time it was like pretty much the same disc as like what was what what was on the Pioneer release, but it had like the commentary with uh, Toby Hooper, um, mm-hmm. uh, Gunnar Hansen, and uh, somebody else. I think it was the director of photography or something. I can't remember who it was. No, it wasn't him. I don't know. But uh, anyhow, it had like a bunch of like commentaries, and like back then it was like it was kind of special to me. But, like, uh, now it's kind of, like, not that big of a deal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago they put up that box set with all of them on. I bought it for my mom for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. And now that they, now they put out a special edition of the, of the original. They just released it. Yeah, it's like... I don't know like, how they do that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, supposedly, like, the film transfer is, like... Uh, superior over the first one. So, I don't know. And then I'm just trying to milk you for more money. Yeah. It did come with, uh, it did come with two, uh, two pairs of, uh, 3D glasses. So you can watch, uh, (laughs) Freddy Goes to Hell. In in Freddy Vision? Vision. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Pretty cool, I guess. They still never put, I guess the Friday 13th Part 3 is not out on it. No, they never have done that because it's in like a special, um, it's like shutter glasses you have to use for that one. It wasn't like your standard 3D. Oh. Yeah, so I think that's why they haven't actually released that one, but I'd like to see it. I don't know if it would work on like such a small, on like a smaller screen or not. Right. But I would definitely love to see that. I know you can get like some bootlegs and stuff on eBay and... Then you have to buy, like, these $60 pair of glasses, so it better be something phenomenal. <laughs> but, I remember when I was a kid, it was like, they would always show the 3D movies, and you'd have to go buy, you'd have to go to, like, your local 7-Eleven or something to pick up your uh, 3D glasses. And, uh, you just never lived up to the hype. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. You remember this thing where Wendy's was doing it? It was like a movie where you could, like, smell it at the same time. <laughs> It was like you had to have this little paper, and, like, whenever it showed this icon on the screen while the movie was playing, uh-huh. you had to, like, scratch the icon on your paper and then, like, smell it. Hmm. Wasn't that, like, a, wasn't that a deal by, uh, what's that guy's name? He made, like, uh, Pink Flamingos? It might have been, yeah. I, I just remember it back in the was. day. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. I think it was, like, a John Waters deal. Maybe one of like our... A scratch and sniff movie? Yeah. Maybe one of our fine listeners can like uh right, so Ryan out with that. Golgo, Rick Root's mustache, whoever you are. Uh, people who out. know obscure like little uh movie right. trivia could help us out. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. So uh we wrap up this edition? Yeah, I think we've went long enough. I think uh I think we've talked about enough nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want everybody uh, listening out there um, to uh, make sure you email or uh, post something on our message board, like uh, what you want to see on the show or uh, questions uh, you want to stay, answer on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Vince Russo is God and uh, just recently sent me some ideas for upcoming shows. He said he'd like to see some more top ten lists, so uh, maybe we'll do that sometime in the future. Okay. All right. Anything, any, anything you have in mind. It could just be some some questions, serious or silly, whatever you want. Try to put some serious ones in there too. We like the silly ones. But, yeah. <laughs> we want a mixture. All right, everybody. Until next time. <laughs>